I held my trusty assault rifle with a light grip, leaning back against the inside of the vehicle. I couldn't see where we were going, but the ride was pretty smooth, so I figured we were at least not going to an overly remote area. It's been a while since my last mission, and this long drive oddly reminded me of my first intervention with the unit, and my commander noticed that. So he told me to pull myself together, because in this line of work, one moment of panic can get your team members or yourself killed. I listened to him, and focused as best as I could, and in the end, the mission was a success, with no incurred losses. I've been on countless missions since, and as I now rode in the 8PC, I felt nothing similar to that rookie-like nervousness like on my first mission. We'll be there in around five minutes. Get ready, the driver said from the front. Roger that, Unit Leader Jones said and turned to us. Safety's off and let's go over the mission details once more. I took my safety off, as he commanded, and returned to my previous leaning position, now holding my rifle a little tighter. The unit leader and my other two team members, Bryans and Torres, were leaning forward, visibly on edge. So, what do we know? Bryans asked. The unit leader placed the butt of his gun on the floor, pointing it upwards and said, We've had a radio silence from the guards at the campus for over two hours now. There's five of them, and they're supposed to report every hour to HQ. For some reason, though, all five of them went radio silent at the same time, and haven't been responsive since. It's almost 2 a.m. on a Friday night, Torres shrugged. Maybe they just fell asleep or got drunk. HQ could have given them another hour or so before they started bothering us. There's a reason for them reporting so frequently, Torres, the unit leader rebutted. The college campus is a highly sensitive area, and as soon as there's something suspicious going on in there, HQ needs to take action. And if all five of them somehow did fall asleep at the same time, or showed up drunk for duty, they'll have a lot more to worry about than just losing their jobs. So, what's our objective? I asked calmly causing the other unit members to jerk their heads towards me. Jones said, Head to the nearest guardhouse near the parking lot and reckon the situation. If the guard is there, get intel on what happened. If he's not, we'll have to go in. Are we getting support from any other units? Jones shook his head. There's not enough manpower right now. Team Alpha's out on another mission, and the other teams are too crucial for the areas they have assigned to. They need to be there in case there's an accident. But the campus is huge. How the fuck are we supposed to investigate the whole place? Torres asked. The truck slowed down, and then halted to a stop. The driver killed the engine, instantly shrouding us in complete silence. We're here. The unit leader looked at Taurus and said, That's our job. The back door of the APC swung open, street lights instantly bathing the interior of the vehicle in orange light. I got out after my team members and scanned the area. We were in a parking lot, which was all but empty, save for four parked vehicles, which I assumed belonged to the college guards and some of their night staff. There was a toll gate right next to a guardhouse in front of us, surrounded by a tall fence on both sides, stretching far beyond our view. This marked the entrance to the campus. The fence made it seem more like a prison than a college, which made me wonder if that was the impression they were trying to give. The inside of the actual campus was coupled with tall trees, various paved paths, and university buildings, while the outside area was surrounded by thick woods, making the college completely cut off from civilization. There was a single road leading through the woods back into the city and it took us around 20 minutes to arrive from HQ to the university grounds, so a lot could have happened in the meantime. I glanced at the guardhouse and realized it was empty, despite the lights being left on. No time to waste, let's move, Jones said and took point. He raised his rifle before even reaching the toll gate, ready to shoot. The unit was authorized to use lethal force, in case we thought we were in any danger, and more often than not, we returned home with fewer bullets than in the beginning of the mission. The rest of us followed the leader, getting into formation and carefully observing our surroundings. As we got closer to the guardhouse, 
we noticed that something was very wrong over there. The four of us entered the guardhouse, still gripping our rifles firmly. The handset of the phone dangled off its cord on the table, slowly swinging back and forth in steady motion, indicating that someone had been there just recently. The chair was overturned on the floor, and there were fresh bloodstains on it and the floor next to it. Upon closer inspection, I realized that there was blood on the phone handset as well, in the form of bloody fingerprints. That amount of blood in the room didn't seem like the type of injury you get cutting yourself up on a tuna can while having a meal. So we knew right there and then that we were in for a mess on our hands. The fuck happened here? Torres asked. Jones lowered his rifle, looking around the room. I approached the desk and leaned in to take a look at the monitor, which had the camera feed. There was a blood stain on the screen covered one feed partially. From the dozens of camera feeds on the screen, it became apparent that the whole university was being monitored. I looked around and saw no movement on any of the cameras, but as I scanned through, I saw one of the guards on the feed marked as Lab, East, strewn on the floor of the hallway, on his back, with his arms and legs spread. Dark liquid stained the floor beneath him. Damn. That's the guards assigned to secure the eastern perimeter of the campus, Brian said tonelessly. Just then, I saw movement on one of the cameras covering the science building. It was one of the guards, sprinting through the hallway. Although the footage was not clear on this particular camera, the guard was visibly scared for his life based on his body language. He ran in a frantic, panicked motion by flailing his arms and taking unsteady steps, glancing over his shoulder every second or so. When he rounded the corner, he stopped and peeked around, and then instantly backed away in terror. He opened one of the lockers and quickly hid inside. A few seconds later, someone else appeared on the same feed. I couldn't tell who it was, though, because as soon as he did, the camera started acting up, making it almost impossible to see anything. The strange thing was, everything else on the camera seemed fine, but wherever the person moved, the area would be pixelated and grainy just in that particular area. The camera continued acting up for at least a whole minute, as the person made his way randomly around the hallway. Our unit stared, transfixed in anticipation. Eventually, the person walked off the visibility of the camera, and the feed returned back to normal. As we were faced again with the view of lockers, another half minute or so later, the guard emerged from his locker timidly, looking in both directions. He quietly closed the locker door, and Joan pressed the button on his radio as said as quietly as possible, This is the special response unit. Is anybody out there? The guard seemed to notice this. As he grabbed his radio and said something into it, Jones waited for a moment, but no response came back. He tried asking again if anyone out there heard him. Nothing but silence. And then something came through. At first, it was a second or so of static, and then we heard a male voice breaking up. The... Are... Do it... And... Si be Repeat that last part. You cut off. Where are you? Go... And... The, and... Bill... Just then, a loud, ear-piercing, animalistic shriek came from the other end of the radio, so sharp and long that I felt shivers running down my spine, even at this distance. The guard on the camera shot his head in the direction down the hallway and started running again, faster and more panicked than before. This is the response unit leader. You there? In the science building. Can you hear me? There was another staticky noise, coupled with the sound of broken-up panting and that same monstrous screeching, before it went silent completely. The camera started acting up at the same time as well, and we were unable to see where the guard had run off to and what was chasing him. We stared at the motionless, quiet camera feed for a minute or so, before I finally turned away from the screen. He mentioned the science building, I said. We should check that place out first. 
We might want to call for some backup, Taurus stated. You know the drill, Jones said. No backup until we confirm what we're up against. Bryans, you stay here and monitor the feed. Keep us informed of any movement, got it? Roger that. Bryans nodded and immediately lifted the chair and sat by the desk. The two of you, you're coming with me. We gotta see if we can save that other guard and get some intel from him, Jones said. We quickly checked out the map on the wall of the guardhouse, which showed where each of the point of interest in the campus was located. The science building was pretty close to the guardhouse itself, to our relief, since the campus was enormous. Let's move, Jones said and opened the door. The outside was unnervingly quiet as we made our way there, even the chirping of the birds and insects not being heard, leaving us with nothing but the sound of our own boots echoing on pavement. With our years of training and the kinds of missions we'd been on before, we knew better than to let our guard down, so I kept an eye on the left side, while Taurus did the same on the right side. Jones took point and made sure nothing unexpected jumped in front of us. The science building stood in front of us, a silent behemoth, four floors tall. Some of the classrooms still had lights on, but most of them were engulfed in pitch darkness. Brian's, anything moving in there? Jones asked as we neared the statue of a prominent scientist in front of the building. Negative. No sign of the guard either. Brian's voice came over in a reply. All right, let's move. Jones opened the front door, and the three of us burst inside, pointing our guns with the flashlights in various directions, illuminating the hallway and lockers in front. As soon as we stepped inside the building, the air suddenly felt extremely heavy, like stepping from a cold room into a sauna. Not physically, mind you, but in some way I can't really explain to this day. I usually didn't feel anything except adrenaline on missions like these, but for some reason this time every fiber of my being was screaming at me to get out of there. I couldn't do that, however. I had a mission to complete, and that guard needed rescuing. The unit leader took point and I followed him, as he motioned for us to stay close, quietly taking step by step forward, never letting his guard down. The general rule for the unit was to avoid speaking while on a mission, unless it was absolutely safe, since it could give away our position, so Jones reverted to using hand signals instead. We hadn't made it halfway down the hallway when a loud bang resounded somewhere in the distance. Jones raised his hand to signal us to stop. We stood in silence with our rifles raised, pointing them at the far end of the hallway, covering both the left and right side where the corridor forked, and then we saw something run past us from left to right, with an insanely quick batter of barefoot footsteps disappearing around the corner. I'm not even sure that the word run is the right one in this case, because whatever it was ran past us so quickly that you could literally miss it if you blinked. What the fuck was that? Taurus asked, pointing his gun left and right in a confused manner. We started without blinking, trigger fingers at the ready. Jones gently pressed the radio button and asked, Brian's, see anything? There was the sound of static coming from the other end. Brian's, Jones repeated, but no response came. He looked genuinely unsure what the next best approach should be, but after a moment of contemplation, he signaled for us to follow him. He pointed his gun around the corner, where the fast thing had disappeared, and then, I honestly don't know what happened next. There was a loud screech similar to the one we heard on the radio, which oddly reminded me of skidding car tires, but this time, it was fuller of audible malice and anger. Jones started firing, filling my ears with ringing noise, mixing with the echoing bangs of gunfire. This all lasted for two seconds tops, because as soon as Jones started firing before Torres and I could even reach him, that thing from before flew back the way it came as quickly as it did before. But this time, it took Jones along with it, making both of them disappear around the corner. Just like that in a split second. It all happened so quickly that we saw Jones' rifle fall out of thin air onto the ground with a loud clank. 
Taurus ran to the gun and pointed his own gun in the direction where the leader was taken. I followed closely behind, scanning the hallway along with him. It was empty. Rows of lockers on both sides and a hallway which ended in consuming darkness, our flashlights unable to illuminate it all the way to the end. But other than the darkness, there was nothing. Commander! Torres called out into the dark. Another scream echoed somewhere in the distance, this time much longer, filling me with primordial fear. I heard that same sound of bare feet thudding on the floor, rapidly approaching us, and I knew we had to get out of there. Torres, we gotta get the fuck out now! I turned back towards the exit along with Torres, and we started sprinting down the hallway. The scream resounded again, this time right in my ear, and I heard a thump and a yelp, realizing Torres had somehow tripped and fallen. I turned back to help him, and to my horror, saw him getting dragged down the hallway by his foot, almost as quickly as Jones, but now slowly enough for me to see his face full of fear, as he reached out towards me in vain, and screamed futilely. I opened fire at whatever could have been dragging him, even though I saw nothing in the darkness, and just before he disappeared around the corner, I saw Torres turn on his back, while still being dragged, and started to shoot at his captor. The shooting lasted for a few seconds before it abruptly stopped. I stood there with my rifle pointed down the hallway, breathing heavily, the beam of my flashlight steadily going up and down. I couldn't process what the fuck just happened. And then a noise snapped me back from my trance into reality. It sounded like those same footsteps coming from before, right around the corner, but this time slow and dragged on the floor intermittently, and it was getting closer. It's coming back for you. Hide. I heard Brian's panicked voice on the radio. I couldn't make up my mind. Should I run? Fight? Hide? My flashlight illuminated an elongated pale hand reaching out and grabbing around the corner of the wall with bony fingers that had jagged, dirty nails. I then heard a wheezing noise from around the corner, as if the creature had trouble breathing while dragging its feet heavily on the ground. My instincts kicked in, and I suddenly knew better than to try to fight this thing face to face, so I ran to the nearest classroom and closed the door behind me as silently as I could ducking under just in time to hear the footsteps and wheezing get louder and stop in front of the door. I held the door firmly with my shoulder, trying not to make any movements, holding my breath. The only thing separating me from most likely a sure death was this door, and the wheezing was right on the other side of it, so close that I could practically smell the monster's rotted breath, even through the small crack under the door. It sniffed the air curiously, wheezing between sniffs. Gradually, the heavy dragging of the creature's feet started again and it began to fade away along with the wheezing. It stopped again, and a loud sound was heard outside the classroom, like something metallic scraping against another metal surface. More footsteps and wheezing in my direction, but they simply went past the door and gradually faded away. I steadily exhaled in relief when my radio crackled to life, nearly making me jump out of my own skin. They fucked up. Now we're all fucked. It was an unfamiliar voice. There was a blood-curdling scream down the hall again, and a series of rapid footsteps closing in in a matter of seconds, before whatever was out there slammed directly into the classroom door. I almost fell over from the impact, but continued holding the door firmly. It was no use, though, since the creature was so strong that it was only a matter of time before it busted the door open. I tried bracing the door and getting my gun ready to shoot when the creature burst in, but before I had a chance to do it, there was a loud crash somewhere in the building, and the slamming on the door instantly stopped. Another screech ensued right in my ear, followed by an impossibly quick batter of footsteps, which seemed to cover insurmountable distance within seconds and fade away completely. Whatever caused that crash got the creature's attention, which worked to my advantage. I wasn't sure how long I had, though, 
so I had to act quickly. It's gone now. Brian's voice came over the radio calmly. You're in the clear. Brian's, where the fuck have you been? I scolded him and immediately moved to the corner of the classroom to avoid drawing the creature back. What the fuck was that thing? And where are Jones and Torres? I'm sorry, Ryan said over the radio. They're dead. You need to get the hell out of there. I'll call back up. Fuck. Is it safe? There's no one there as far as I can see. Move your fucking ass before it comes back. I carefully exited the classroom with my gun raised, looking down the hallway and then towards the exit. As soon as I did, I couldn't help but mouth a what the fuck in frustration and bafflement. The metallic handles on the exit door had been twisted together into a knot, making it impossible to open the door. I was stuck in here. <laughs>